0: A reading from Isaiah chapter two. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the later days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it and many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between nations, and shall decide disputes for many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. And nation will shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. A reading from Romans chapter 13. Owe no one anything except to love each other for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandments are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know that the time that the hour has come for you to wake up, wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand, so then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness and sexual immorality and sensuality, not as in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God.
1: Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. A reading from Matthew chapter 24. Jesus said, But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the knife the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The prophet Isaiah says this in chapter 1, verse 2. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord has spoken. Children, I have I reared and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. So begins the book of Isaiah. With the heaven and earth as jurors, God, the almighty prosecutor, presents his closing argument against the defendant, his own people, Israel. Because they have abandoned their maker and redeemer, their worship is insincere, their rulers are corrupt, they lack mercy, they oppress the weak and live solely for pleasure. Their rulers have done all things wrong and the just are sentenced for what crimes they ever committed. And so God says, Their land shall go desolate, and they shall be burned with unquenchable fire. Similar words of judgment and condemnation immediately follow our Old Testament reading today. In Isaiah 2, just moving a chapter forward, verses 1 through 5, we heard already that the prophet abruptly shifts to words of mercy and a description of even Israel's future glory. As it said, and we heard, it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established on the highest of the mountains. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. So to those words of Isaiah we pose our Lutheran question. What does this mean? Yes. And from the prophet's day till now, Isaiah's prophecy about a mountain that God would one day establish high above all the other mountains to which the peoples would stream to hear the Lord's teaching and out of which the Lord's word would flow to the rest of the world, bringing peace and harmony. That text has been misunderstood and abused. So this morning, our question is this. Where exactly is the mountain of the house of the Lord? Well, let's go back. For many of the Jews living during Jesus' ministry... The mountain Isaiah was talking about for the Jews was Jerusalem, right? That's where God would come and deliver his people from their physical enemies and establish a literal kingdom on earth that would rule all over the other kingdoms of the world. And so convinced they were of this, they rejected Jesus, thinking he couldn't possibly be the Messiah, the one sent by God to bring about an earthly kingdom such as this, since Jesus did not bring glory, but a cross. He didn't bring political freedom, but he brought forgiveness. So where then is the mountain of the house of the Lord? For the Christian millennialists, such as the authors of those left-behind books popular a few decades ago, the answer is much the same as the Jewish one. They too believe the mountain of the house of the Lord refers literally to Jerusalem and that one day before the resurrection of the dead, Jesus will come to set up there a central government and rule all the nations of the world for a thousand years. You see, the godly of the world will be in charge and the ungodly will be suppressed. Well, it's been a while. Have we seen that happen yet? No. No wonder our Lutheran forefathers rejected such teachings as Jewish opinions. If you want further information on that, go to the Augsburg Confession, section 17. So where is the mountain of the house of the Lord? Well, for modern day Jews, it's the land of Israel, right? That's the place. You all have to go there. That's going to be the central place. Everybody has to stream into Jerusalem. And you have to treat Israel as the exclusive possession of the Jews. Now, remember, Gentiles were also converting to Judaism, but that's not really a priority of Judaism. And basically, if you're a Gentile who converts to a Jew, you're still a Gentile. So where is the mountain of the house of the Lord? Well, let's go a little bit further out. For Muhammad, the mountain was Mecca, and the center of the Muslim empire and the future capital of the world converted to Islam. But unlike the pleasing picture of peace that Isaiah paints, Islam has always been a religion of bloodshed. So where is this mountain of the house of the Lord? Well, let's go to the time of the medieval popes. It was either Jerusalem, the holiest of the pilgrimage destinations, or it was Rome, the center of Christendom, and the home of Christ's representative on earth, the Pope himself, right? Yet unlike the voluntary streaming of people and the conditions of peace that Isaiah describes, the Pope sought to establish the kingdom of God by what? By force. We know this through the Crusades, through war, and during the Inquisition, through instruments of torture. Wow, we've gone a lot around the world, haven't we? Through history. Where then is the mountain of the house of the Lord? A key to help us unlock this mystery is that phrase, in the latter days. You see, the era of the first century Jews and modern millennialists lay in thinking that the latter days refer to when the Old Testament believers looked forward to a way that still was in the future. But do you remember how the writer to the New Testament book of Hebrews put it? Long ago, in many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, these latter days, He has spoken to us by his son. Did you catch that in these last latter days? Every day since Christ's resurrection and ascension until his second coming is one of those last days. There is nothing yet to be accomplished for our salvation between now and our Lord's coming. As St. Paul said in our epistle this morning, you know the time, that hour that has come to you from, to wake from sleep? And so we are now living in those last days. Isaiah also spoke of people freely streaming to the mountain of the house of the Lord to be taught by God and to walk in his paths. So much for an earthly kingdom brought about by force arms. Remember what Jesus told Pontius Pilate? My kingdom is not of this world. Jesus said that from the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven, instead of committing violence, suffers violence. And he warned against those who would try to take it by force. You see, the mountain of the house of the Lord is the place where God dwells and is enthroned and reveals himself to his people. The mountain of the house of the Lord is where God gathers his people around his word. In short, the mountain of the house of the Lord is here. Right now in this place. God's church where two or three or more have gathered in his name. So you and I are part of Isaiah's 2700 year prophecy. Imagine, isn't that amazing? We're a part of something that God prophesied about That long ago, I can't even imagine 2,700 years. I have a hard time imagining seven years. And so the mountain of the Lord and the house of the Lord is where God's word is proclaimed, where people receive it. And so, yes, peace still isn't fully evaluated here on earth peace on earth, goodwill to men. We remember the Christmas angels saying something like that. But Isaiah says, for out of Zion shall go forth the Torah, the law, and the word of the Lord from heaven. So do you have to go to Jerusalem to hear the word of the Lord? No, you come to where God is already bringing that word to you. And the risen Christ, remember, commanded his disciples to go where and do what? They were to go out into the world to proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sins to the nations. So you and I, we know that that word which was begun in Jerusalem comes to us today. Though you and I fall under the same judgment which God spoke to his people of, After all, we luxuriate ourselves in luxury. We have idols in our lives. We don't always go forth to take the message of the gospel to the nations. We don't even often necessarily open up our hearts and minds to pray. But God came and forgave us for all those things. And now he encourages us to follow in his ways. So this Advent Sunday is a turn back toward God. A time of repenting and turning around and saying, it's a new year, let's start it differently. Let's start it with gathering with the Lord. Let it start with my understanding my sin and receiving the forgiveness of God. And so you and I, we know where the mountain of the house of the Lord is. You and I know that these are indeed the last days. That we are actually dwelling on this mountain of the house of the Lord already because we are founded on Christ and we are in Christ. So may you and I be mindful that God is faithful to his promises, and though we live in a world still with war and disease and calamities, a world that's still in bondage to sin and death, and even though it may seem far from glory, God dwells even now in his house, and he reveals himself today to us. And so may you and I as the house of Jacob of God's believing people come and walk in the light of the Lord. To walk and be brave and courageous. To walk knowing the forgiveness that God has given us. Knowing that even humbly that I don't deserve anything God has bestowed and set me right on the path of his love. So may you and I be committed to living in the light of Christ. To know him and his joy. So remember we had a question, right? I asked you what does this mean? Remember way back when, when we started this? Where is the mountain of the house of the Lord? Here. Right here. Now where God is coming to his people. Yes. I'm glad a few of you paid attention. And so may you and I take that truth to heart. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guide our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.